everybody, and welcome to Questions You're Not Asking. My name is Tom French. I'm Chris Morphew. And we are writing a book with responses to a bunch of absurd questions about God and the Bible that you're probably not asking and probably don't need an answer to. But as we prepare to write our book, we are letting you in on our discussions. But before we get into our question for today, Chris, how has your week been? It's been pretty good. Um, Nothing much to report, which in 2020 is a good week in my books. Um, I have no surprise pregnancies to announce. Excellent. Uh, No major life catastrophes. I did think of a thing, though, that um, we haven't been doing for the podcast that we should be doing. Yeah. And that is, you know, that obnoxious thing at the start of a podcast where they're like, if you like the show, go over to iTunes and and leave us a review and give us a five star rating. That really helps (laughs) the show along. I don't know if that really helps the show along because no one's done it, but I just thought I'd I'd throw it out there to our listeners. I did remember that we were meant to do that. Uh, we haven't asked people to, but I'm just going to, I'm checking now to see if we've got any reviews. We've got six ratings, so that's pretty good. Is it? What? What's the average? The average is five stars. It's all five stars. Great. Yeah. Wow. So thanks to those six people. I know one of them was me. Oh, good. I didn't do that. I My level of... <laughs> Self-obsession went only to begging other people for their approval, not giving myself my approval. Well, right now you should pause and go to your thing and give us a review and write a thing. And yeah, that's how you do it. (laughs) And if you can include the word lamingtons in your review, then we'll know that this is how you were told to do it. So... Please include this week's keyword, lamingtons. Great. Anyway, how was your week, Tom? My week has been pretty good, pretty quiet, because I have no extra surprise pregnancies either. Just just the one. Yeah, I've just been hanging around here in locked down Melbourne. It's been great. But I have actually uh, two, two other businesses to oh, yeah. uh, deal with. One is that uh, there's a very small mistake from last week's episode that I want to fix. I think I said that I watched a video on YouTube about Jesus being an alien, and I said that it was made by Vox Media. It was actually made by Vice Media. I just want to fix that because I might not get a career in journalism if I don't correct my mistakes. There's that one. But the other thing that I found, which relates to the time travel episodes that we did, uh, which, funnily enough, our part two of the time travel uh, episodes is our least popular episode according to statistics so that's nice to know well i feel like people got their fill i guess our cliffhanger wasn't cliffhangery enough to keep the people coming back for more <laughs> yeah. yeah they already so, weren't asking the question they didn't need to not ask it twice i guess yeah lesson learned which is why it's good to come back to it now yes great can you give us even more content on time travel please <laughs> i discovered that there is a movie that came out this year about time traveling to the time of jesus i think to assassinate jesus perhaps it's called assassin 33 ad and i'm very keen to watch it so you showed me this and i watched the trailer 
interestingly, it has a lot to say about how many awards it received for the screenplay, <laughs> but none about the finished product. So yeah, make of that what you will, Tom. I liked that it said it has won the most awards for a screenplay ever. How do they know that? I wonder if they just got a bunch of their friends together to invent some new screenplay awards. And if you went over to their studio, you would find like a wall covered in obviously made in Microsoft Word certificates and, you know, <laughs> store-bought trophies and things. And it's, it, it is a truth, but it is not a fully true truth. That could be how they got around it. I think this might be made by some very conservative Christians. The trailer did throw up some pretty big Islamophobia red flags. <laughs> yes, yes, it did. So given that neither you or I are, are big fans of Islamophobia, it may be that this movie is not something we're going to enjoy. I can, I can, here is my pre-review. I do not endorse this film. And I didn't like it. And then we can come back later and figure out if I need to retract that. But I feel like I can comfortably say I I do not enjoy the film and do not approve of the message. As with all things time travel, it felt like it made the most sense to do the last part first. So there you go. There's my preview. Excellent. Now, there's one last thing we need to talk about before we get on with the actual episode and that yeah. is that we are doing a live recording oh uh, yeah we should have led with that that was like the the real news yeah but if you're still listening this far in then you're a true fan and you're the kind of person we wanted our live recording and if you're not you probably wouldn't have come anyway so whatever <laughs> uh so next week on the 31st of august we are going to do a live recording on Facebook Live and maybe on YouTube too if we can figure out how to get that working where we are going to answer the question, if Jesus was an identical twin, would they both have been the Messiah? That's what we're going to answer. It'll be 8 p.m. on the 31st of August on Chris's Facebook page, my Facebook page, and you can come along and ask your questions. Great. Good. Is You've just gone mad with the power of live, haven't you? 40 seconds a day for your 4 p.m. joke is not enough. And now you just want hours of it. Yeah. You, yeah. It's great. Doing, doing live video has become my, my path to fame and fortune. I have about uh, one or two people tune in live every day. So, you had that is a that is a modest lie because you got up to like four or five today. I came and watched your joke live for the first time, and at, at least four people were there for the punchline, if not the setup. <laughs> it could have been your biggest one yet. I don't know. Anyway, it's exciting. It's exciting to see you growing and thriving as an internet media guru. It's great. I'm looking forward to getting at least four people coming to our live recording next Monday. It's going to be great. We know parents and stuff. We can make up those numbers. My dad doesn't have a Facebook account, so there'll only be one. I need it as my family. Yeah, rats. Oh, anyway, wow. we should get on with the actual episode for t today. Yeah, well, so you you said earlier that 
you know, you had a couple of items of business that you needed to get to before the question. And so allow me to leap in with the segue I wanted to do then and there, which is speaking of business, Tom, what's our question for this week? Our question for today is, do we poop in the new creation? All right. Do we? Well, I look. I don't. I don't want to give my answer straight away because then we'll have no podcast. I do. I think we do. I think a strong yes to poop in the new creation. I'm. I'm showing my hand. Oh. And it's got a. It's got a poop in it. <laughs> do you? Is that how you poop? That's like because you. Someone's got to teach you how poop works. If. <laughs> look, in my theology, we have all of eternity for me to learn how to poop properly because <laughs> we're going to continue doing it for all of eternity. That is my my best guess, and we'll we'll come around to why later on, or maybe not. Maybe you'll convince me otherwise. But did you did you do any research to figure out that you came to a yes on this? Well, I don't know if I'm technically allowed to confirm that I am writing a book <laughs> about life and death and the new creation and all of that. But if I were to write a book like that to be released sometime next year, I would sure do a bunch of research in the general area, although I suspect that it would not have hypothetically involved a lot of poop talk. But it does inform my poop talk. Right. So you didn't do any specific research on this. You're just going with your general research into afterlife, new creation stuff. Yeah, well, like, I I guess it's my, like, I don't, can I answer your question with a question? And that is, where does one go for poop-specific new creation research? (laughs) Well, the internet, obviously. Where did you end up on the internet? Look, there actually wasn't a lot there, which was disappointing. There was one, uh, one Catholic kind of forum where they were discussing this, and that's, pretty much all I could find. There was a debate going on. Some people thought yes, some people thought no. Some people thought you would, but it would smell amazing. Oh, that's a good point. I haven't thought about how it would smell. Yeah, well, I've definitely put some thought into that. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to show my hand too, because I also think that we poop in the new creation. Great. This is going to be a short one. <laughs> yeah, but... Thanks for listening, everyone. <laughs> Tom, <laughs> where can they find out more about you? <laughs> No, sorry, continue. Well, I, I guess the, the question really is, uh, why do we think that you could, one can poop in the, or one does poop? I, I get, well, that's part of the question is, does one have to poop or is it an optional pooping in the new creation? Um, do we maybe need to step back and talk about what we mean by the new creation? Yeah, I was thinking that. Let's do that. Okay, so a lot of what I was taught by many well-meaning people when I was a kid and into my adulthood and probably would still get taught now by some well-meaning people is that earth is my home for now but it is not my permanent home because I get maybe 80 years here or whatever and then I die and then God looks back on my life here and he decides okay is Chris going to go to hell forever or is Chris going to go to heaven forever And both of those places are places that are not here. But when we talk about new creation, we are talking about a big shift away from that framework, right? Yeah, we're we're saying that your, your final destination is not heaven or hell. Well, it could be hell. 
but it's <laughs> I I thank you for assuming that my final destination is not hell though Tom yeah let's let's I say, appreciate that let's assume that everyone has come to faith in Jesus put their trust in him as their savior and so you and I and everyone listening is going to heaven and then we don't have to deal with the hell question for the moment we should do an episode on that though I guess yeah less less good jokes involved in that one so your final destination if you trust in Jesus is not heaven that's what you're saying right that god made earth to be our home in the beginning god made us to live forever here on earth and as far as i can see what the bible teaches is that is still god's plan that rather than spiriting us away to some boring white place somewhere else god wants to reunite heaven and earth like they were in the beginning and so what we can look forward to is not a new home somewhere else but this home made new so the Bible talks about when Jesus returns, he is going to bring the power and the goodness and the love of heaven to restore this world. And this world is where we are going to be. And also, we're not going to be angels or ghosts or spirits or whatever. We are going to be us, like real people in real bodies. But if it is a world without anything bad, and if it is a world where everything is transformed and there's no death and suffering and all of that, do we poop? Well, I mean, sometimes poop, I think, can cause suffering. <laughs> True. And farts can cause suffering, usually to not the person who dealt it, but the person who smelt it. I would argue that farts can also cause enjoyment. <laughs> Plenty of enjoyment. Well, like laughter and and frivolity. Yeah. Well, in, in my marriage, we have a a rule pretty much that the other person's farts are terrible but your farts are fantastic (laughs) so if you can get the other person to smell your fart that's points for you and you you enjoy it and if the other person makes you smell it they're a terrible person for farting so i guess that marriage rule of yours is like so many things in this fallen world where one person's enjoyment comes at the cost of another person's (laughs) suffering yeah and so that would seem, Tom, to be a, an argument against farts in the new creation. Because if the new creation is a place free of suffering, you shouldn't be able to inflict suffering on your wife by projecting <laughs> at her. Yeah, though I'm trying to work out how, like, like no one's, no one's farting out of malice. Some people are. <laughs> Definitely some people are. Anyway, so I think that when you fart, it brings enjoyment to everyone sometimes. And <laughs> and sometimes... Uh, and sometimes Who would have thought that this one would have been the question that would undo us? <laughs> but, I mean, probably we should have thought if we thought ahead. Yeah. Sorry, finish your thought. But I think, like, just because something is unpleasant doesn't make it sinful... Or even bad, like doing a good fart and smelling it or getting other people to smell it might not necessarily be a bad part of creation that has to go. Like on a less scatological kind of road, if you go for a run, which I don't, but if you like, if you do some physical exercise and you feel the pain of physical, like the, the exertion of it, it's not pleasant, but it's not bad. It can feel really good to have that discomfort. So I've been told (laughs) by my friends who think running is fun. Yeah, so here is where 
maybe it's helpful to go to the one person that we already know who has their resurrection body, and that's Jesus. Oh, I was going to say Elvis. Well, I'm, I'm talking the one that's been confirmed by Scripture. <laughs> and we know that Jesus ate. We do. And so presumably that food's still going somewhere. Yeah. So we know he ate because in Luke 24, it says that he ate broiled fish, uh, which this is not important, but I just want to let you know that I learned what broiling is this year. And it's oh, yeah. it's nothing to do with boiling. I thought he was eating really no. dull boiled fish, but it's like crispy, crispy hot fish. Yeah. Can you imagine dying for the sins of the world, coming back to life, and the first food someone offers you is a boiled piece of fish? <laughs> You'd be like, oh, man, I really didn't think that through. <laughs> so, he, so he eats his broiled fish that is not boiled, and it probably tastes excellent, but then it sits in him, and it's got to go somewhere. Um, unless his body is so finely tuned as a resurrection body that he can take all the nutrients out of everything. Everything becomes useful for the new resurrection body. Like, he has the ability to appear in disappear and to change his appearance so maybe like all those things that you need to do that are contained within all the stuff that normally we poop out okay hold on to the thought of him being able to change his appearance because i have a question about that but also i like the idea of us being such well-honed machines that we can eat whatever and our bodies can just use it completely but what do you reckon about the idea that, so like part of the reason why Jesus ate the fish was to show his humanness to them, right? Mm -hmm. And to prove that he was him again, that he was fully back. Yeah. Now, I'm not suggesting that he went and showed them how he could still poop as well, but like <laughs> that is a part of the regular digestive process. And it would be interesting to me if he, in his attempt to show his humanness or his like that he was still one of them or that he was one of them again or whatever that he picked something that had been radically changed about him yeah as in and I, this is all total speculation but a thing that had been radically changed about him was his ability to move through walls mm -hmm. but if eating had also been radically changed then it's interesting that he used it to show his humanness to them although can i okay much is made of Jesus being able to walk through walls in his resurrection body. Yeah. Well, he doesn't really walk through walls. He just appears when, like, doors are locked. Sure, teleporting. Yeah. I guess. Or appearing in locked rooms. Yeah. Or also, you said about how, because, like, there's numerous accounts in the Gospels about people that don't recognize Jesus at first. Yeah. And so you're taking that to mean he can change his appearance. Uh, yeah, I think, I think so. I don't know if I think that. I think I well I, I've always viewed that more as people's inability to recognize him or them being kept from seeing who he was, rather than him shape shifting. <laughs> yeah. So I I mean I don't know because like a lot of people are like when they talk about our resurrection bodies and they talk about Jesus' resurrection bodies, like one of the key things they point to is Jesus appearing inside the locked room. And they're like, aha, see, look at what his resurrection body can do. But before the resurrection, he could tell the weather what to do and it did it. He could touch people and heal them. Why do people look at 
Jesus' reappearance inside a locked room and go, aha, see, new creation body. <laughs> I think because there seems to be two different things that, that's going on, like pre and post resurrection. So pre resurrection, Jesus does his miracles either because he has compassion on people and he wants to heal them. But the big ones, the big ticket miracles are the ones where he is saying something about himself. So he's showing that he is Yahweh, who has come as a man to be with his people, with Israel, to feed them in the wilderness, to come to them when they're in trouble. Like it's about his identity. So then when we get to post-resurrection, his miracles to some degree are still about his identity, but his identity is the resurrected Christ. Like he is Jesus who has come back to life. Mm -hmm. When he turns up among them, he's not turning up to, to say, you need to believe that I'm God. He's like, you need to believe that I'm your mate Jesus, who you saw died, but I'm now back to life again. And so as far as I can remember, the only big ticket miracles that he does is when he tells the disciples to throw the net on the other side of the, the boat after they've been fishing in John 21, I think. Mm -hmm. So there's that one, but that's, that's, a, that's a callback to what he had already done early in his ministry. Yeah. So it's like, I am the same person who you were with before. And then when he turns up among them, he's turning up to say, I am the same person. So this is why he shows them his hands and his feet and he eats the fish and he says who he is. But all the other things seem more, to me, they seem incidental to this is what he does as the new creation resurrected Jesus rather than his proving something about his, his identity as the, the son of God. So that's why, that's why I think that like teleportation and maybe changing your appearance is part of the resurrected resurrected experience of all humans. But then don't you think, because I'm sure you wouldn't say Jesus couldn't have teleported before he died on the cross. No, but like uh, I think we talked about it before, my view of his miracles is his miracles are always in the service of something other than himself and something other than convenience. Sure. And so he, he always could have teleported, but he would have had something particular that needed to achieve by his teleportation yeah rather than just i just need to be there and so i guess like i look at all of that and go isn't that a difference in the miracles that jesus chooses to perform for particular reasons at particular times out of all of the infinite things he could do at this moment he is raising a dead girl back to life to show that he has mastery over death mm -hmm. and to show his compassion for humanity in all of the, you know, suffering and awfulness that death entails. And in this other moment, he is reappearing inside a locked room or like keeping people from seeing who he is or whatever. I don't know. I don't know. Like how much of this is just you hope that you will be able to <laughs> teleport when Jesus comes back? Be at, at least At least 50%. I mean, it's, pr okay. it's probably better to have your view of things than mine because if we get to the new creation and we can't teleport, I'm going to be disappointed and you're not. But if we get to the new creation and we can teleport, I'm going to be like, yeah, I knew it. And you'll be like, yeah, we can teleport. This is amazing. Yeah. I think um, you probably won't be disappointed either way. I think we'll probably be sweet when <laughs> Jesus returns and makes literally all things new. All right. 
I don't think you'll be like, what about the teleporting? But I take your point. <laughs> okay, so back to poop. Back to poop. Oh, can I, can I tell you a thought I had about the poop and the teleporting? Yeah. There's a, there's a possibility that if you, you can teleport, that you can choose what, what you teleport and what you don't. So if you've just eaten some fish and it hasn't been absorbed yet, can you teleport away but leave the fish or does it have to come with you? I, I am not clear on the rules, but is your follow-up question, can you teleport away and leave the poop? Yeah, you can teleport away and leave the poop. Like you could, you could teleport into a room with a poop ready to go, teleport out and do it so quickly that people just, just see this poop appear in the room and then fall to the floor and be like, oh, <laughs> oh, the old teleporting poop trick. Like that's a good, good new creation game to play. Oh, it's like you're trying to talk me out of my belief that you can poop in the new creation. No, I'm, I'm, I'm trying to talk you took you into more excitement about all the possibilities of new creation poopage. But don't you think that, like, sneaky poo gags <laughs> yeah. do inflict suffering on people? No, no, I don't think so. No, like, are pranks always sinful? I, I think, like, okay, for example, let's say we are recording this podcast in the new creation rather than the present creation. Mm-hmm. If a human poo suddenly appeared <laughs> on the table. This is horrible. If a human... <laughs> yep. <laughs> if a human poo suddenly appeared on the table in front of me, I'd feel like horrified and grossed out and like violated that someone's been in my personal space and left a poo. <laughs> Like, I just don't think that kind of shenanigans is going to be going on. Well, I think well, I think in the new creation, we're going to know. We're going to know, like, so Chris isn't up for that. He's not the kind of guy who likes likes the, the sneaky poop teleport. Maybe the pooper port, you could call it. But there, there's probably other people. I, I've got a few friends who I'm sure would think it would be excellent. Like, the question is, how changed will our poo be in the new creation? Because, like... Our bodies are going to be changed. They're not going to be the same. And so maybe our digestion and new creation bacteria and all that kind of stuff will be changed so that what you excrete is not as unpleasant. And so it... So this is back to your Catholic guys online talking yeah. about like maybe it just smells really good. So, well, like if I teleported into your place with sneaky confetti and teleported out again and you're like oh tom did the old and what say you don't want me in your personal space so you're in a public place and i did a sneaky confetti on you are you going to be upset uh no and i guess the the, uh, sorry finish your thought and then i have a follow-up thought well yeah then then my thought like if if poop is not too unpleasant if 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 we poop confetti for example if we poop confetti then you're not going to be upset are you well, so now the situation's changed and we're sitting in the new creation recording a podcast and um, confetti showers down on me. And I'm like, oh, Tom. But it is it is kind of funny. And I think the other thing that I was that came up in my brain while you were talking was that there's going to be no fear because now the sudden arrival of a poo, of a disembodied poo, is sin- like there's something sinister about it. Yes. You know what I yeah, mean? Yeah. 
Because this person clearly intends me some kind of ill will. Yeah. But in the new creation, when there is no fear, when I know that whatever this is, no one's being malicious. We're just having a bit of fun. Mm. And it smells good. And it's... I didn't come into this thinking we were going to have a whole extended bit on the morality of secretly pooping (laughs) in someone else's personal space in the new creation. How are we talking about this? Your whole state is currently locked down in a heightened state of coronavirus panic and you're doing the least socially distant thing possible in your imagination. But this cuz I'm cuz I'm dreaming of the new creation. You're dreaming of better times. Yeah. Yeah, okay. Where suffering is gone, teleportation is potentially around. I can be within 1.5 meters of someone flinging poop. Okay. So where where have we got to? Well, I have another question. Right, yeah, go. And that is about, or another kind of way into the poop conversation, and that is the sort of the like biological necessity of poop in the world today. Like human poop is probably a small minority of this, but like excrement in general is the engine of a lot of life. Mm-hmm. Like if if you just deleted poop from the biosphere altogether now the whole thing would collapse right yeah yeah yes it would is biosphere the word that i want i thought it sounded like i was a scientific smart person yeah it sounds it sounds and good the we'd have ecological collapse the regions of the surface and atmosphere of the earth or another planet occupied by living organisms yeah nailed it good work anyway without poop no habitable biosphere so poop is not inherently bad. Mm-mm. It's pro- it's probably it's probably inherently good. Yeah, and I mean we could get into the very deep waters of how do we interpret the first few chapters of the Bible. I knew you were going there. But <laughs> did Adam and Eve poop before the fall? Yes, although it probably would have smelled less bad because they were vegetarians. That's what I've heard, but I haven't spent a lot of time sniffing vegetarian poo, so I don't know if that's true. I choose not to weigh in on that speculation (laughs) which is an odd line to draw given the conversation we've had so far it does it does it does make me make me wonder why you drew the line there if there's something personal you don't want to reveal no it's just uh, maybe it's a prejudice (laughs) i need to go and do some soul searching about after the podcast stops recording but i do also suspect that adam and eve pooped okay so before the fall there was no death Mm -hmm. the fall is what brought death into the world well, the, the fall is what brought human death into the world. Sure. But even a human life as we know it today, bits of us are dying all the time. Yes. Like cell death is a part of healthy functioning. Mm-hmm. Will that still be the case in the new creation? Uh, I'm going to say yes. I don't know. I have no idea. But I reckon yes. Mm. And I think this is where like so much of what we're talking about become sort of unanswerable because like when you go super granular when you look at how biological systems function either the entire system is going to function differently in the new creation if we assume that there was some level of continuity between biology before and after the fall of humans which i do Mm -hmm. then some level like however you interpret the fall and what was it and how literally or otherwise are we supposed to take those early chapters of genesis I, I, I guess I'm just, I mean, a not in my own mind about biological waste and how it's never actually waste mm. because there is always some 
other part of the earth and its inhabitants that is very happy to take your waste and turn it into something useful. Yep. And so all that to say, I think you're right. Poop's not inherently bad. So we'll probably poo in the new creation and it'll be useful in the new creation and it might still smell similar or it might not. We might have more control over it or we might not. I think, I mean, the other thing that is that for some people, just pooing is a real pleasure. Just getting to go and do a poo is, is an enjoyable thing to do with your day. For some people, he says. <laughs> I have this friend who enjoys that, says Tom. Yeah, look, and I think also there are some parts of the human experience and the embodied experience that we find really kind of distasteful now or that are a source of shame or embarrassment or awkwardness or whatever, that in a world made perfect again, we surely won't react to in that way. And like the kind of prototypical example in Genesis is Adam and Eve being naked and feeling no shame, but then after sin enters the world, they need to cover up. Mm. And I think that there have been some ways in the church and just in culture generally where we want to divide up our I guess it's particularly a I wonder whether a lot of it is informed by the misguided idea of heaven that we're going to like disappear to some disembodied place when we die and it's that whole idea of it's the Greek idea right of like whatever you do in the body whatever because your ultimate aim is to leave the body behind and embrace some higher existence yep. And the whole story of the Bible is, no, this is the ideal. Like having a body is the ideal. Being a creature that is fully embodied and physical and yet at the same time bears the image of God, like that is the ideal. And so if part of the design of the human body is that we intake food and our bodies get the nutrients out of it and then we excrete the stuff that we don't use and some other creature can use that or, you know, some other form of life can use that to grow and thrive, then I don't think that's a source of shame. I don't think that's like dirty in anything other than a maybe purely physical sense. Like I think that it's nothing for us to be ashamed of or, and therefore nothing for us to assume will necessarily disappear. Yeah, and, and like now there's like there's good reason to have your excrement separate from the rest of your life. Hygiene-wise, you don't want to be living with your poo. I think we can both agree that in this world, you in any way leaving a disembodied poo on my podcasting desk is <laughs> a bad thing to do. Yeah, yeah. Can, can we at least agree on that much, Tom, after nearly 40 minutes of discussion? Happy to agree on that. Great. But there's no danger in the new creation from your poo. Mm. You're not going to get sick because of it. So there is only the shame element attached to your poo and your wee and your farts. And we don't have that either. And so it'll, it'll just be a part of life in this good creation. We'll enjoy it. It'll be entirely good pooing, weeing and farting and burping and probably not vomiting. I suspect not. Yeah, I think that might stay stay in the old creation but otherwise the normal life will go on and it'll be great it'll be a glorified digestive system cool i'm on board with that i mean i i am very open if we were going to get an expert in on this one who would we get i think we'd probably have to get a 
someone who has a degree in biology and theology. Okay. If that's any of you listening, hit us up at questions at questionsyou'renotasking.com. We would would love to hear from you and pick your brain. Are there any biotheologists? Biotheologians? Biotheologians. Biologians. Biologists. Bio, oh, I can't even Bis- say words bi-theol- anymore. Biologists? No, that doesn't work. It feels like this conversation has petered out to a, a natural end. I th- yeah, I think I think we're there. Any further business, Tom? <laughs> huh? Nice. Nope. No, I think we've covered it all. Very, very good. We we can we can wipe this one clean. <laughs> no, that didn't work. There's a joke in there somewhere, but there there was. <laughs> If only we'd made a poo joke in this one already, but <laughs> alas, it was not to be. So if we're done, let me ask you, if people have any questions that they want to ask us, how should they get them to us? They should email questions at questionsyou'renotasking.com or I guess if they do what some people have been doing and hit us up on our personal social media things we'll get them that way too yeah that's that's how this question came about because originally the question was do we fart in new creation and then someone i saw someone comment on your oh, yeah. facebook thing do we yes yeah, so shout out to lucas for this question thank you for the inspiration i hope you are satisfied with the answer if not let us know and we can do a number two <laughs> a, a part number two <laughs> I was I was hoping you were going to do that. <laughs> I feel like we were pretty well behaved until the end. <laughs> like in terms of just like terrible scatological humor, like pun level stuff. I feel like we we held it in as long as we could. Yeah, we did. We did pretty well. Our our mothers would be proud of us. Neutral at least. <laughs> at least neutral. <laughs> All right, Tom, um, if people want to find out more about you and hear what you have to say on subjects other than this one, what can they do? Where can they go? TomFrench.com.au. There is my books, there's my sermons, there's my blog, or you can find me on Facebook, Instagram. They're my socials. I'll see you there. What about you, Chris? Where can people go to find more from you? Uh, You can go to ChrisMoffU.com and there you'll find... Yeah, all of my social media links and also my YouTube channel and my books. And that's kind of all. I don't have a, I'm not a blogger, Tom, Ah. but I'm very impressed by the way you generate that kind of content on a regular basis. Yeah. Well, I've been, I've been doing it since 2002. I remember your old blog, Tom Time 2000. Yeah. And in fact, to this day, whenever we're going to hang out, what I write in my diary is Tom Time 2000. <laughs> That's excellent. <laughs> sure is. Well, on that note, I think we're done. Yeah, we're done. Thanks, everyone. Thank you for listening, everybody. We'll see you next week. Got to the bottom of that one. Nice.